Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, November 25th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, cannabis receives plenty of credit for helping treat different medical ailments like relieving chronic pain and inflammation. But how much do we really know about its side effects? There's a lot of that anecdotal information, and there's very little clinical hard data to support that. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt speaks to a cannabis researcher about some of the misconceptions. First, the news. This past spring's historic flooding in Missouri caused more than a billion dollars in damage. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports researchers at Missouri University of Science and Technology are looking for other long-term effects of the flood. Scientists at Missouri S&T in Rolla are taking soil samples around the state to look for contaminants left behind by floodwaters. Geologist Jonathan Obrist-Farner says that includes a new class of contaminants found in human waste, including hormones and medications. If you have a, like a, a flood that goes through St. Louis, can flush a lot of that out of the urban areas and make it available into the stream. So we are seeing that increase in a lot of rivers and a lot of lakes around the world. The study will go on for months to determine where contaminants are and how long they stay in the soil and groundwater. The results will be shared with city planners to help reduce contamination during future floods. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri is touting success with an effort to improve apprenticeship opportunities. State Workforce Development Director Marty Leathers says Missouri ranks second in the country in completed apprenticeships and newly registered apprentices. He says a big part of those rankings is the involvement of more than 3,600 employers throughout the state. If you don't have an employer and there's not a job offer, there is not an apprentice. All apprentices are employed. So that's extremely critical. They're employed through a consortium or they're employed directly uh, by one employer. Leathers says the national rankings follow efforts established in 2016 to put more focus on apprenticeship programs. That includes creating more opportunities in modern apprenticeship sectors like healthcare and finance. The Rittner School District faces a challenge that many across the country share when it comes to education. Classrooms for gifted students are whiter than the rest of the student population. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney spent time at Rittner to learn about a new screening method that is improving diversity. Do you know when you see something like 2x, you know what that means? A teacher works with a gifted fifth grader, trying to crack an algebra problem. What, what function? What Less than a third of Rittner's 6,300 students are white, like this child. But white students make up more than half the gifted program. In the first year of an updated universal screening method, Director of Gifted Learning Michael Dragoni says Rittner's gifted class better reflected the district's overall racial makeup. We spent a lot of time patting ourselves on the back. We'd done it. We'd achieved equity. Um, came out perfect. The following year was less than perfect. The numbers reverted, prompting Dragoni's team to reevaluate. So at the end of this school year, they'll rescreen the overall second grade class. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. Let us know what you think about this daily podcast we call The Gateway. Email feedback at stlpublicradio.org. Illinois will start selling recreational marijuana on January 1st. Missouri should begin medical sales in the spring, but there is little research into the effects of cannabis. 
St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt spoke with Joseph DeVerti, a chemistry professor and cannabis researcher at Colorado State University. DeVerti says a lack of hard data about cannabis allows myths and misconceptions to flourish. There are lots of claims of anti-carcinogenic properties, the actual disappearance of tumors based on the use of cannabinoids, either THC or CBD. There's a lot of that anecdotal information, and there's very little clinical hard data to support that. Do you have any other examples of, of some outlandish assumptions or things that people have said about cannabis use that is just flat out wrong? There was a young man that I met not too long ago who uh, indicated to me that he did not smoke tobacco. He said tobacco smoke was bad for him. But he did smoke cannabis because cannabis smoke was good for the lungs. Cannabis is a plant and it's made mostly of cellulose. And when you burn it, it generates polycyclic aromatics, which are well-known carcinogens. What are some of the things that people are, are actively researching right now? Cancer seems to be a, a hot one for physiological work. Many folks are working in the psychology area and interested in learning about reaction times or the effects of cognition. That's a particularly important area because we, these are psychoactive molecules. So we ought to be looking at neuroactivities and say, what is the effect on both adult brains and developing brains? What are the barriers that an academic like yourself faces when wanting to look into this um, look into this field? So to work with THC, an investigator has to get a Schedule One license from the DEA. If someone gets past that, it's not like you can go in and say, "Okay, we've got this cannabis and we want to test it out." That's uh, no, that's not the way it works. The only cannabis that is approved is that provided by one laboratory in the United States, one facility, the University of Mississippi, cannabis that has been received from that facility, it says uh, 2% THC. Most of the, the uh, cannabis on the, on the retail market is about 10 times that concentration in the 20% range. All of these things contribute to just slowing down the process. Is it also hard to get funding for this kind of research? It can be difficult. There are more sources interested in supporting CBD research, which is not so hard. It's not quite the pariah. There continues to be a social stigma associated with the work. What are some of the questions that your fellow researchers, that you feel your fellow researchers need to be at the forefront of asking right now? You know, we need to understand basically the metabolism of these cannabinoids for legal and forensic reasons. Some folks in Colorado who claim to be CBD-only users are failing some drug tests for THC. We don't know if they're dealing with tainted material. Maybe they're not telling us the whole truth. Or maybe we don't understand the right places to make the measurements. We need to know from neurophysiological perspectives, what are we doing? I mean, based on what you've seen in Colorado. What would you say uh, that we should expect here in Illinois and also in Missouri? I think we have to remember that not everyone is going to be on board. Recreational cannabis use for adults passed as a state amendment by the slimmest of margins, 55 to 45. So there are a lot of people in the state of Colorado who are opposed to this experiment. 
it's going to take some time for the general populace to grow into acceptance, if it ever does. That was Colorado State Professor Joseph DeVerti speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt about some of the challenges when it comes to researching cannabis. Our Holly Edgel edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt from the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.